He says, it ought to touch your whole life. If your Christianity is not touching your whole life, it's because you're still carnal. It's because you're still immature. And so he says, everything you have, everything you do, everything you say, feel, and give. Welcome to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us as we begin a message. Are you ready to serve? And pastor, you're saying, if we have genuine faith in Christ, that ought to impact all of our lives. If it doesn't, you're still carnal. What does carnal mean? Well, carnal just means fleshly. You know, there are animals that are carnivorous. That means they're flesh eaters. And so uh, it's a biblical word that speaks about someone who is walking according to the old life rather than the new life in Christ. The old life was according to the flesh, our, our human dictates, the natural sin inclinations that we have. And then uh, the new life is the new nature that has been given to us uh, where we become a new creature in Christ so that old fleshly nature, the carnal nature, we sinned because we had to. We were under its control and domination. Uh, but that new nature that's been given to us by the Lord, now if we sin, we sin because we want to, not because we have to. Yeah. Well, and th that's a great reminder that uh, we do still, even after we become believers, face that temptation to sin. Sin is still alluring. It's still appealing to many. There's still a uh, pleasure with that, even though it's very short-lived. Yes. Um, we, we still are going to face that temptation. And you're saying, boy, if Christianity is real for us, it's going to impact all of our lives. So for the person who's battling a sin, struggling in sin right now, what would you say to encourage them in that struggle? I would say get a rhema. What's a rhema? It's a word that fits the area of your life that's not committed to mm. Jesus Christ. And so you just you put the word uh, to it. And the word of God uh, strengthens us. Here's what Jesus said. He said, uh, now you are clean through the word that I've spoken unto you. Uh, John 17, 17, in the high priestly prayer of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the real Lord's prayer, he said, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And so just take inventory, and it ought to be ongoing. And James breaks it down into five different areas in his five chapters. He says, look. Our Christian life ought to affect everything that we have, everything that we do, say, feel, and give. So if there's an area that's missing, I need to apply God's word to that, ask God to build me up in that area. And most of the time, uh, God will use those areas of suffering to do just that. Yeah. Where we come to the end of our rope, we let go, and uh, we allow God to work in us to build us up in that area. It's a good word as we begin today's message. If you can, join us in James chapter 1 as we begin, Are You Ready to Serve? Here is Pastor Ford. Uh, now, not everybody who is growing old is growing up. Amen. That's an amen point right there. You mean to tell me you don't know anybody that's getting older but not wiser? Amen. And so th there's a difference between age and maturity. Uh, because when you look at that, you know, some people say, uh, I've been saved for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, maybe you've been saved for 10 years. But in terms of maturity, is one year growth 10 times over. 
you wouldn't believe it or not, there are still people who are still praying about what God wants them to do, and they've been here five or six years. If he ain't told you by now, maybe it's because you're not on speaking terms with him. Okay, don't shout me down now. I like what Dr. Warren Wiersbe said. He said, too many churches are playpens for babies rather than workshop for adults. Mm, mm, mm. And so when you look at it, God's creative energy, God's power ought to flow through us. We ought to be touching people's lives. We ought to be turning this community upside down. And we leave church shouting and shacking. Okay, nobody walked out. Let me continue then. <laughs> All right. And so we're supposed to be producing something. How often have I told you God is not looking for someone to shack up with? He doesn't want a mistress. He wants a bride. And Ephesians 2.10, anybody got it memorized besides Elder Adams? There you go. Amen. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. All of our works have already been set forth, and all we need is the manifestation of our works. And it's a sad, sad, sad day in the church. Say, ask me why. Because the unemployment rate now in America is supposed to be 14%. And in this community, it's not. It's 34%. And I tell you again, I'll say it again, if there is a recession on Wall Street, then there's a depression on my street. And so what's the, what's the percentage of, uh, in the church? Come on, you know it. What's the Pareto rule? Come on, somebody holler it out. Holler it out. 20% of all the believers are doing 80% of the work and the giving. And 30% are doing the other 20% and 50% of the people are, that means half of you in here aren't doing anything for it. Don't look around, don't look around, don't look around. You can't say amen, say ouch. Yeah, don't do anything for the Lord. And I'm not just talking about in the building. I'm not just talking about in, in this ministry. I'm talking about serving him. You've been gifted, and God has gifted you, empowered you by the Holy Spirit so that you could serve him, which he hath foreordained that we should walk in them. And you have to ask yourself, are you walking in what God has ordained for you and for me? So are you ready? Are you ready to serve? I mean, come on now. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, s some of us gossip so much we tell our own business. And there's so many people in the church that never had a conversation with you, but always having a conversation about you. I just can't get no help in here. I, I just preach to myself. Complain about everything and don't do anything. You hear me, people like that? Oh, this ain't going right now. Well, what are you doing to correct the problem? Well, what are you doing to make it better? Because complaining about it is not going to make it better. Roll up your sleeves and get busy for the Lord. 
Yes, and there are too many of us in the church that can't get along with another believer. And you know when it's going to happen? Don't say when. When we get a divorce from ourselves. That's what's wrong in a whole lot of marriages. Yeah, you ain't going to ever get along with your husband, your wife, until you get a divorce from yourself. John Jenkins, who is uh, one of our uh, leading pastors in the conference, he pastors a church in D.C., real small church, 25,000 people. And uh, uh, his wife told him, he said, this is what changed my marriage. My wife said to me, John, here's the problem in our marriage. Both of us are in love with the same person, you. And, and that's it. Where is uh, those individuals who understand uh, that the church is a body and we belong to each other? You know what? Sometimes my hand does something that I don't like, but I'm not cutting it off. Right. Amen. Right. Yep. I'm not plucking out my eye. I'm not cutting it. You know, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. And so we need to understand that we're supposed to mature in Christ. I've had people say, well, if I leave this church, it'll, it'll fall apart. And I think to myself, man, everybody waiting for you to leave. <laughs> yep, we too many po toxic personalities. I, you know, I mean, you know what toxic personality is, just toxic personality. Anyway, so... I, I ran across this. I thought it was real good. It was about a preacher and a worship leader fighting. Listen to this. There was a church where the preacher and the minister of music couldn't get along. As time went by, uh, this began to spill over into the worship service. First week, the preacher preached on commitment and how we all should dedicate ourselves to the service of the Lord. After he, fit, he, he sat down, the worship director, music director got up and said, let's all sing, I shall not be moved. Second week, the preacher preached on tithing and how we should all gladly give to the work of the Lord. After he sat down, the director led the song, Jesus paid it all. Third week, when the preacher preached on gossiping and how we should all watch our tongues, the music director said, all right, now let's sing. I love to tell the story. So this kept going on. The preacher decided this is not the place for me, disgusted over the situation. And uh, the following Sunday, he got up and said, church, the Lord brought me here and the Lord is taking me out. I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. And the musician got up and said, let's all turn to page 494. What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> and so what, what happens? What happens? Uh, it comes like this in most churches. Uh, you know, uh, Vance Havner, I quote him all the time. He said, if you want to fellowship with the average Christian, you've got the backslide to do it. And so, listen. Uh, you know, all I'm saying is too many of our churches are filled with people who do the don't and don't the do. Get it? And, and so James agrees. He's saying, listen, his book is all about maturity. It's all about growing up in Christ and just not growing old in Christ. And, and uh, as a matter of fact, it's about growth in the Christian walk. Now, I'm just going to give you a quick thing because I want to walk through this real quick because I want to answer the question. Are you ready to serve? And those words answer it for us. 
Uh, so, so here's what he does. He says, listen, that, that you know a mature believer because their Christianity affects every part of their life. Let me give it to you real quick. If we were going to do the whole book, here's what we would do. When we're not going to do the whole book. He says, chapter one, it ought to affect everything the believer has. Chapter two, it ought to affect everything the believer does. Chapter three, it ought to affect everything the believer says. Chapter four, it ought to affect everything the believer feels and chapter 5 it ought to affect everything the, the believer gives. He says it ought to touch your whole life if your Christianity is not touching your whole life it's because you're still carnal. It's because you're still immature. And so he says everything you have, everything you do, everything you say, feel and give. Great reminder from Pastor Ford that if our Christianity is genuine, if you do really have that relationship with Christ, it impacts all of life. And that includes the way in which we serve the Lord. That's what our message is all about. It's entitled, Are You Ready to Serve? As we take a look at James chapter 1. And if you miss part of today's broadcast or a broadcast in the short series, come to our website and listen there. Our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream programs, download MP3s, or even order copies on CD. Again, treasuretruthradio.org. Here's Pastor Ford. So then if you remember, and I don't want to get too technical here, but you know, uh, when, I was in, when I was in seminary, do you know what I learned about faith? That faith has three aspects to it. It is natatia, say natatia. Essentia, say essentia. And fiducia. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, natatia talks about how we think. So Faith ought to govern how we think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Then essentia is how we feel. And then fiducia is what we do. And, and so then basically, if I were to outline the whole, whole book, and uh, you know I did, here's the outline of the book. Here's what he's saying. James, tell us what a mature person look like. Okay, here they are. They are, number one, submissive to the Savior. Uh, 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 then uh, they secondly are strengthened uh, in their sufferings. Uh, then he said they are students of the scriptures. And, and then he says that they are sensitive in their social dealings. Uh, then he says they are sound in their speech. He goes on into chapter four, they seek only the sovereign God. Uh, then, at the end of chapter 4, they're self-sacrificing in their service. In chapter 5, they're steadfast in their supplication, and they are sincere about soul winning. Let me just, let me just run through it real again. Submissive to the Savior. They're strengthened by their suffering. They're students of the Scripture. They're sensitive in their social dealings. They're sound in their speech. They seek only the sovereign God. They're self-sacrificing in their service, steadfast in their supplication, and sincere about soul winning. So he gives us elements of what a mature believer focuses on. So let's look at it. Are you ready to serve? James, servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. First of all, I want you to notice if you're ready to serve, you understand your identification. Your identification, who you are. 
He identifies himself as James. Now, there are about five or six James. We know that this is James, uh, the Lord's half-brother. And we know that he wasn't a believer, John chapter 7, he wasn't a believer before the resurrection. That after the resurrection, he became a believer and he became the head of the Jerusalem church. He became, he was known as James the Just. So he lived so well that they just, they just called him James the Just. He prayed so much and so often. Anybody know his nickname? Camel knees. He had calluses on his knees that he prayed so much. And so this is the James. He says, he says listen, I, I want to identify myself. Now, now get this, get this, get this. You know, you say, well, what that's all about? What is that all about? Let me just share some things with you. What are the implications of that name James? Since he didn't know the Lord before the resurrection, uh, look at what happened. Uh, as a matter of fact, he even doubted his brother before then. Look at what he ends up being. We call him a late bloomer, wouldn't we? He became the head of the Jerusalem church. Now, there's some lessons in this. Let me give them to you. Let me give them to you. Uh, uh, let me say this first. In, in, in the morning Bible study, we're studying Galatians. And Paul began to identify himself and to break it down. Here's what he wanted to do, which is what I believe James is doing by identifying himself. All the authors of, of, of the Bible are doing the same thing uh, when, they, when they identify themselves. Here's what he's saying. I know who I am. I know how God has gifted me. I know what I'm called to do. So I need to let you know that I am assured of what I'm doing. Man, that, that'll transform us. If we, do you know how God has gifted you? Do you know what your purpose is before God? Because you're unstoppable. Now, now it's kind of like, why would you want to try to be somebody else when God made you so unique? Remember, what's the word? Workmanship. You remember it? Poema. What does it mean? Like a poem. You are God's poem. What's the other way it was used? A masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. You are unique. Do you realize there is nobody else ever been in the world like you and never will be and are not right? There's only one of you. You ought to thank God there's only one of you. Everybody else has. So remember Jackie Mom's Mabley. What did she say? Be who you is. Because if you is who you ain't, you ain't who you is. And, and why do you say that? Are you ready to serve? I'm tired of this mealy mouth. I can't do this. I don't know. I don't. You ought to know what your gift is. You ought to know what God has called you to do. You ought to know what talents you have. You ought to be affirmed. What has God called you to? And then you step up. You may not be the best preacher. But he made you a preacher, so that must mean he, he got somebody that you're supposed to be preaching to. You may not be the best singer. Sing. May not be the best deacon. Deak. May not be the best trustee. Trust. And, and this is the thing. You're never going to learn 
what God wants you to do by sitting on the sidelines. I don't know how to swim, but I have read a book on swimming. But it didn't do me any good. I know people who tell me, now listen, all you got to do, all you got to do is just, you know, keep your head up. Well, they see, that's the big problem with me, uh, you know, because my head's always going under. And so they say, they say 98% of people float naturally. Then I'm in the 2% because as soon as I get in, boom, shakalaka, down to the bottom. And they say float. And I, you know, I'm like, you know, I get up and I say, I tried. No, get on your back. Man, you crazy. If I couldn't float uh, uh, face down, I ain't floating. No, 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 no. When will I learn to swim? When I get in the water. Now, before my wife got sick, she was teaching me how to swim. Man, and so I was able to get in the water, and I was able to keep my head up as long as it was three feet or less. And so, let me give you the lessons. Let me drop them so I can finish this. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Lesson number one. Don't ever write anyone off. You, you, do you know what the disciples probably said? His own brothers. Look here, I'm a disciple. His own brothers. You know, blah, 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 blah. Don't ever write anybody off. You never know who you're writing off. Uh, when, when President Obama became president, you know who he appointed uh, to the uh, religious, whatever that thing is, the position is, you know, Alvin Love, Pastor Alvin Love, over at Lilydale First Progressive. Want to know why? Because when he was running for uh, committeemen of the Seventh Ward, Alvin Love is the only one who embraced him, opened up his door, let him come in and talk to people and he never forgot it. And when he became president, he called him up. I'm appointing you over whatever that is, the, the religious, whatever leaders, whatever it is. You see, you never know. That's true. You never know. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called, Are You Ready to Serve? Really taken from James chapter 1. And we'll continue this teaching on our next broadcast. Maybe you joined us late today, or you know that you are not going to be able to listen to tomorrow's message. Well, you can always listen to each and every program online. Simply come to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream past programs or listen to today's teaching again. Again, that's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Hey, if we've never heard from you before, I hope today's the day that you'll let us know that you're a regular listener to Treasured Truth. You can always connect with us on social media like Facebook or Twitter. Just come to our website and look for the bar that says Stay Connected. And not only can you connect with us on Facebook and Twitter, but we also have a link there to the Moody Radio app. And having the app makes it really convenient for you to stay in contact with Pastor Ford's teaching. You can always listen whenever it fits your schedule. Again, you'll find all those links at treasuredtruthradio.org. And then look for that bar that says Stay Connected. Hey, before we go, just briefly want to remind you that this is a listener-supported ministry. We depend on your financial generosity to keep this broadcast on the air. So if you are benefiting from Pastor Ford's teaching, if God's using it in your life, would you let us know that and would you give a gift? You can make a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and clicking on the link that says, Make a Donation. Well, thanks for giving and for listening. Thanks also to our producer, Amy Rios. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. 
Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.